everybody. Thank you for listening to Bloody Podcast. I am your host, Maria Felix, with our resident guest, Cash Abdubalik. That's right. I'm here, too. That's right. He is here. Deal with it. <laughs> and today, we're going to jump right in, and we're going to talk about Lisa Nowak. Lisa Nowak is a naval officer and astronaut who, in 2007, drove cross-country to attack a woman named Colleen Shipman. It's not Lucy. It's Lisa? It's Lisa. Wow. Yes, they changed it for the movie. The movie starring Natalie Portman <laughs> called Lucy in the Sky is loosely based upon Lisa Nowak's story. And that's why I'm calling this episode Lisa in the Sky, Nowak. <laughs> Lisa in the Sky with Nowak. <laughs> so this is how the attack happened. Lisa Nowak was born Lisa Marie Caputo in Washington, D.C. in May 1963 to parents Alfred and Jane Caputo. We're very proud of our daughter. Yes. <laughs> she had two other sisters, and the family lived in Rockville, Maryland, about 20 minutes outside of D.C. In a pre-flight interview with NASA that's still up today, Lisa said she first became interested in going into space when she watched the moon landing on TV at six years old. Hmm. As she grew up, she remained interested in the development of the space shuttle program. She went to fine schools in Bethesda, Maryland, studied French, and was a Girl Scout. The French course that she was in was super interesting because she had to keep an, an A average to be in, in French to remain in the French program. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I thought it just meant an A average overall. I'd be like, wow, that's a lot. I mean, that's probably part of it. She probably couldn't go below like a B plus and anything else. Crazy. In her junior year, junior year of high school, she told her family she was going to become an astronaut. Likely prompted after the assholes who ran the space co- program finally began allowing women into it. Women in space? That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. God, they're going to get angry and blow up the world. <laughs> I thought you were going to say get bloated in space or something. Oh, my God. That'd be, that's probably what they'd say. <laughs> they're going to get bloated. They'll float away. They're going to bleed all over the atmosphere. God, all the tools. <laughs> she finished off high school by being nominated Student Athlete of the Year. An award given to the student who excelled the most in both academics and physical activities. And then she graduated co-valedictorian. And I don't know who her co-valedictorian was, but I bet it was a guy who wasn't as good as her. Sure. She's she's impressive. She's Uh, super impressive. It doesn't stop there. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing her goal was to become an astronaut, she applied and was accepted to the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. Mm. She she majored in aerospace engineering, did a six-month program at the Johnson Space Center, which is the NASA NASA Center for Human Spaceflight. (laughs) That's very Californian of you. She went to the NASA Center? Yeah, you guys work for NASA, right? Tight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Would this bong work in space? <laughs> it's gravity bong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was impressed with the way everyone expressed enthusiasm and knew the importance of their job at the Space Center during her time there. Hmm. It got her more excited. 
In December 1985, she was ordered to the Naval Air Station in Florida, where she trained as a Navy pilot, a job rarely given to women at the time. She trained on multiple combat naval aircrafts, qualifying her as a naval flight officer in 1987. As a naval flight officer, Lisa learned about the communication and weapon systems and continued studying aerospace engineering in graduate school. Still pretty impressive. Yep, it is no doubt that Lisa is a pioneering woman in, the, in both the Navy and NASA programs. Wow. In 1988, she married fellow Navy man Richard Nowak, and in 1992 earned two master's degrees, one in aeronautical engineering and another in astronautical engineering. God damn. Yes, <laughs> she is a beast. I hope nothing comes along to tarnish this record. <laughs> <laughs> She had her first child, a boy, that same year. So she got she graduated with two masters and had a kid in the same year. God damn. In 1995, NASA announced it was looking for its new crew of astronauts. Out of 2,400 applications, she was one of the 150 chosen and was told to report to the Space Center for orientation, interviews, and medical evaluations. I remember that. I applied and I, I did not get a letter back. Ah, not even a rejection letter? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> to be fair, I applied on, I think it was construction paper and uh, brown crayon. <laughs> and the construction paper was brown also, so they probably gonna, they probably couldn't read it. I mean, they probably put it on the fridge because it was super cute. It was. I did I did stick one piece of macaroni to it. Nice. Yeah. This is a snack for And a guys. little rocket sticker. Yeah. Great job. <laughs> In 1996... She was announced as one of NASA's mission specialists. NASA had chosen 35 astronauts for this class, the largest amount since the first mission to space in 1978, Mm. when they had no idea what they were doing and needed way more astronauts because you never knew who was going to die. So That's true. (laughs) So sad. She trained from August 1996 to 98, as an astronaut, while also maintaining a mandatory minimum amount of logged hours flying as a combat pilot. Wow. And and then she returned to live with her family. She is killing it. Mm Mm-hmm. Then, in 2001, she became pregnant with twins. And in December 2002, NASA announced her as part of the crew for STS-118, a mission scheduled for November 2003. Damn. So she's going into space. It's happening. It's all happening. It's all happening. But a few months later, on February 1st of 2003, the Columbia disaster would occur. The Columbia disaster was happened after a successful mission. The space shuttle Columbia disintegrated as it re-entered the atmosphere taking with it all seven crew members, three of which which were part of Lisa's astronaut class and included her close friend, Laurel Clark. Is is that the same thing as the Challenger? The Challenger was a separate one that was... The Challenger was the one that launched and then seconds after launching blew up here. The Columbia was very tragic because they successfully completed their mission, but... While out in space, they received damage to one of their wings, and Mission Control had decided 
that not to try and go ident not to send the astronauts outside of their sh- of their ship and I'm simplifying this here but they decided not to have the astronauts go outside of the ship to examine it because there was no way for them to fix it even if they found out what it was Ugh. so they came back and within once once re-entering the atmosphere I believe another piece of debris broke off from the shuttle hit that already weakened part of the wing, thus causing, uh, basically, that's just thus, thus causing that to break off, and then too much, you know, too much pressure filled the 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 craft, and it exploded once it hit our, once it re-entered our atmosphere here on Earth. Oh man, what a way to go! Yeah. Lisa served as a personal casualty assistance officer to. Laurel's family after the incident, which is something that NASA will provide to any family of, of a tragic accident. Um, the husband of Laurel Clark said that Lisa went above and beyond anything that they could have possibly needed for many months after, after Laurel's death. And that was with her already having, you know, three children at home. Damn. So that terrible tragedy happens. And then, and in 2004, she underwent an 11-day cold weather survival training course in Canada. Mandatory for astronauts. Really? Crazy. They have all these crazy, I mean, besides the vomit comment stuff, they have to do all these other very interesting combat training things. And cold weather makes sense because it's so cold in space. So in Canada... Um, she got dropped off along with five other astronauts. The group were dropped off in the Quebec wilderness and had to return back to civilization on foot. God damn, that's a premise. Yes, it is. One of her teammates was William Ophelian. And I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but I think it's Ophelian. William Ophelian? <laughs> Who she had known previously after having been stationed with him in Maryland in 1995. So things must have gotten pretty hot and heavy in their tents. Oh, so you are saying that she... Yes, because when they returned to Houston, Mm -hmm. they began an affair. William is married and Lisa is still married to Richard. Damn, Billy O'Philly. Mm-hmm. Theirs was an especially spicy meatball. (laughs) Since their adultery would technically find them in violation of the Uniform Code of Military Justice and would be cited as conduct unbecoming of an officer and a gentleman, which I thought was two different people. (laughs) But it means an officer who is also supposed to be a gentleman. Right, like Richard Gere in the movie of the aforementioned name. Which I never saw and assumed that he was the gentleman and there was an officer. Oh, and there was an (laughs) officer. <laughs> I know it's the same thing. Okay, well now I understand. <laughs> You're gonna love that movie. It's great. Louis Gossett Jr. is in it. He's great. <laughs> we'll watch it after this. Okay. <laughs> well, the affair went on. William's wife discovered it discovered the affair in 2005 after finding emails between the two, and she filed for divorce. Damn. William moved into a studio apartment 
and continued seeing Lisa, who his neighbors knew very well. Did um, did her husband know? Yeah? Well, that's a weird thing. I think he knew. Or I think he knew and turned a blind eye or truly did not know. It's hard to tell. Because, yeah, I would imagine At that. Least, sorry. Go ahead. I would imagine that, like, you know, William's wife is like, you're you're fucking around on me. I'm going to tell the person's husband of who you're fucking around with me with. Yeah, right? Like, you go all out. But maybe, maybe um, William convinced her not to because his career, his career is at stake. Lisa's is at stake. And the, well, Richard, Lisa's husband's career would not be at stake, but he is also a Navy man. So it's like bad news for all three of them because they're all in the Navy. Turns out the real officer and a gentleman was William's wife. Mm-hmm. Yes. I believe her name was Kelly. Kelly. Good for Kelly. I might be wrong. But. <laughs> <laughs> also in 2005, another after another training in Cape Canaveral, Florida, astronaut Michael Kelly said Nowak had informed them she would not return to Houston with them. And that same day, Michael says that he saw her and William depart together on the T-38 jet headed for Key West. What? They flew away together on a jet? Well, they're both jet pilots. They're both astronauts. Stop driving a car for them. Where do you put the luggage? They don't need <laughs> luggage, baby. <laughs> We're going to get in this jet. We're going to... That's crazy, man. Wow, Key West. Where are you landing? I have so many questions. Michael, yeah, you're like Michael Kelly. Michael Kelly was super nosy, I think, because, like, how would he know where it's going without going and checking the, like, what's it called? The dais? Mm-hmm. Man. He's all, he's all, hey, Kevin. Kevin, where are they going? Well, I don't know, dude. Yes, you do. You have to look Dais, right there. You're not me. allowed to look at the dais. I am so allowed to look at the dais. Michael, you are freaking me out, dude. <laughs> She's a bitch, man. <laughs> fucking hate her. Change your views on women, Michael. <laughs> you might have a point, though. It is a little strange. <laughs> Where are they going? Um, it should be noted, although you guys probably already figured it out, at the time that Lisa was going through school and her training at in Annapolis, women were not very welcome. There was like a 6% women's population at her naval training program. And the the teachers were not great about it. So, pretty much guys at bars. But like, never mind. <laughs> I would say every step in her career, because she was... Very often, one of the few women, if not the only woman, doing whatever it is she's doing was pushed back upon by shitty shitty men. That's an uphill battle, man. Yeah, because, wow. I mean, she's a pilot. She's a combat pilot. Mm-hmm. She's a mission specialist. Now she's an astronaut. Men must really get, get <laughs> super mad. Michael's not alone. I think Michael is a real catty bitch. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Where are they going? Yeah. Why is she going with him? Is she really going out with him? <laughs> <laughs> so in 2006, 
So no one in the program, no one in NASA or around them knew for sure what was going on, mm. if there was an affair going on or not. But they did note that they they were really good friends. And Michael would later say that rumors were circulating. Mm. Okay, Michael. Mm. All right, Miss Thing. Okay. <laughs> As for Lisa's family, like I was saying, it seemed her husband was either none the wiser or cho- chose to look the other way. Because he and the children accompanied her at a pre-flight celebration at the Space Center. So like an honorary thing for her and all the other astronauts that were about to go to space. But a family officer, which is, I guess, probably like family human resources for the Navy, I don't know, um, later noted that besides this notable event, Lisa would often bring her son to events where spouses were allowed. Hmm. He knew. He knew. He He knew. knew. Ouch. Yes. The launch of Lisa's spacecraft, which changed to STS-121, occurred on July 4th, 2005, at 4.38 p.m. It was the first spacecraft to be uh, to be launched on Independence Day. Hmm. It was fun. And it only happened that way because they got delayed two times for inclement weather. Otherwise, it would have flown out on, like, July 1st. Fireworks into the sky, fireworks because of the shuttle, fireworks because of the sultry affair. (laughs) And also Florida. And also Florida, which has fireworks year-round. For no reason whatsoever. So the STS-121 was the second successful launch after Columbia. Lisa spent 12 days, 18 hours, and 36 minutes in space. Hmm. At the time, women were still not allowed or even considered for spacewalks. I'm not sure if that's changed. I think it has. I think there has been a pioneering woman who has finally taken a spacewalk. That makes Yeah, I would imagine so. But I'm pretty sure that the first woman who did it was Russian and not American. Because why would we allow that? It's not our style. <laughs> we don't go for those backdoor shenanigans here. This is America. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's no tampon string long enough to reach from the shuttle to the moon. Her peers noted that during the mission, she seemed reluctant to do any tasks she did not train for or were not her immediate responsibility. A.K.A. she was not a team player. She would not do well in the alien movies. I think. Or maybe she would. Maybe she'd be Ridley. Because she people thought Ridley was not a team player. Ripley. Ripley. <laughs> that was close. It was very close. Ridley Scott had a lot to do with it, though. Ah, yeah. Um, that's, that's what it was. Yeah, I, I guess she would do all right in those movies. <laughs> that's, that's the takeaway for me. <laughs> <laughs> she was not very warm. Uh, the crew returned safely. Yay. Yay. And they partook in public appearances and recognition ceremonies. Thank you. Yay! Thank you, I said. (laughs) Space! 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 All right, all right, all right. Okay. You in the front. Yeah. Sorry. Space! (laughs) Yeah, stop it! Yeah! All right! (laughs) (laughs) Having now traveled to space, 
it was likely that Lisa would be relegated to the back of the line for returning to space a second time, competing with not just the active members of her own class, but all the classes that had graduated after hers. Which is, I think, it's it's a weird messed up program because it's like, all right, you go to space, you do the thing. You do the thing, the, the thing that mankind keeps building for. And now that's it. That's it. You're probably never going to go again. And it, but you got to keep you got to keep trying and training to go again. Because what else are you going to do with your life? Nothing. Nothing. Because you've been in space and now that's all you can think about. Man. Space is like in and out. You go there once, you're like, "Oh man. Got to go again." <laughs> <laughs> but you got to go to the back of the line. No, no. All the way on Cahuenga. Oh, no. God, no, please. <laughs> I want to go back. <laughs> Lisa continued her private affair with William throughout this time. So, those, so I mean, and William also at some point goes to space, but no, fuck William. I don't care. No. Um, so, <laughs> it's just so sad. And she's up in space, and she's like, "Ah, oh, I can't wait! I can't wait to see my kids and Will." No, I'm sure she's like, "I can't wait to see Will and my kids." <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and somebody's like, "What about your husband? Who? <laughs> Richard? Who? <laughs> my?" <laughs> or like those messages that I mean, who knows? I don't know anything about space travel <laughs> but if you do get messages from people on earth yeah when you're up when you when you're up in space i wonder <laughs> i wonder if richard was just like hey where's the Worcestershire sauce <laughs> most mundane things hey i told you to put the shoes back in the closet you didn't put my shoes there i don't know where they are i need those shoes i need those shoes can you send me a message back i'm going bowling two days so you have plenty of time yeah Figure it out. <laughs> She's like, who was that? <laughs> Who's your husband. That? It was? He loves you. He does? <laughs> well, by January 2007, Lisa and Richard's marriage completely dissolved and they divorced. <laughs> yeah, likely because of the affair. Also in January 2007, Lisa was passed over for another astronaut for spaceflight discovery, which was another shuttle. Sorry, Lisa. Yeah, she was she was very disappointed in that. Mike Kelly. Say Michael. I think his name is Mark Kelly. Oh, it's not Michael. It's not Michael. It's Mark Kelly, and the other guy is is Michael. Mark Kelly. Okay. Mark Kelly and her office mate Michael Folsom told the Orlando Sun. That Lisa was passed over because she was viewed as selfish and not a team player. Hmm. See? Mm-hmm. See? <laughs> because Mark, Mark Kelly, had flown with her during STS-21 and had first had first-hand experience of what a bitch she was. He didn't say that, but, you know, he said that. She is a colossal bitch. <laughs> and Fosum said she had always been prickly. And not pleasant to be around in the office. Frankly. <laughs> it should be noted that they both gave this interview after the affair and crime was made public. Mm. 
Gossipy Mike also said that he clocked it once when she refused to give her phone number to her other office mates. I guess at the time, it's like 2004, 2005, you got phones that only made calls and you got to pay per text, right? I think that was still the thing back yeah. in 2005. Those big brick phones? <laughs> no, you had Nokia's and you had the Razor. That's what I meant. I, oh, the, the Razor was out then, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But Plus, I think you, you had to still pay per text. Nasty people. I'm sure they get a good plan. No, 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 no. <laughs> so even when they were all exchanging numbers, she refused to give hers. But that she was often on the phone with someone. She did have a cell phone, but she just didn't want to talk to her office mates, which I get, dude. Like, I have to fucking deal with you, like, nine hours a day. Why would I want you to call my phone, my personal cell phone, that I have to pay per minute? What if we need something? Uh, not for me. Come on, Lise. I clock out at 5, and I don't want to see you until 10 a.m. on Monday. But Lisa, you know where all the stuff is. <laughs> yeah, I do. Man, I'm telling everybody. <laughs> I'm Mark. <laughs> it would later be revealed that William had given her a cell phone to, to use to call him. And there were hundreds of calls and texts between the two. Hey, baby, this is our fuck phone. You use it. When you want to fuck. <laughs> Me. William. <laughs> Love, William. Love, Slick William. It's like one of those dudes that still signs off on each text. <laughs> Light and love. <laughs> <laughs> well, by January, her affair with William had also cooled. Oh. And I think slowing down. Nothing's going Lisa's way. He had found a new lady. Colleen Shipman. Shit, man. Who was an engineer at Patrick Air Force Base in Florida. He, he broke up with Lisa and thought that she had taken it well and that they could remain friends. Not quite. They even continued to train for a bicycle race together, which is like, yeah, of course you did. She doesn't want to break up with you. Like, She's going to be like, well, we still need to do the race. Yeah, we'll do the race. The tandem bicycle race. We're fucking through. <laughs> if you were watching the movie of this, this is when John Hamm decides to drop Natalie Portman for the annoying jerk that she is and hook up with Zazzy Beats. Zazzy Beats, that's right. <laughs> Colleen became uncomfortable with Lisa keeping her bike at Bill's place. What? So he asked Lisa to move her bike from his apartment. <laughs> it's a good sign that it's over. Yeah. Um, can you come get your bike? My bike? Yeah, and your CDs. No, not my CDs. I listen to them after we make love. I know, but I've separated yours out, and I want you to know that all of the, uh, all of the Fleetwood Mac is mine. <sighs> it's all. It, it was mine from the beginning. Don't. It was, it was mine from the beginning. You better have put them in cases. I don't just want a pile of CDs. You have a book. You have a booklet. Good. I want the book, too. <laughs> You're breaking my heart. <laughs> Less than a month passed, and no one paid any mind to Lisa. 
Her office coworkers said that the Friday before the crime, she seemed in an upbeat mood at work. Which, from what everything Michael and Mark are saying, it sounds like that should be noted as strange. <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> so, on Friday, February 2nd, 2007, Lisa worked a double shift at the space station and was scheduled to return on Tuesday, February 6th. She took Saturday off. Maybe she relaxed. As you do. Maybe she watched a couple of movies. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, left for a long road trip to Cocoa Beach, Florida, the home of Patrick Air Force Base, Colleen's workplace. Sweet. Lisa packed latex gloves, black gloves, a BB gun with ammunition, pepper spray, a drilling hammer, and a knife for her trip. The earliest and most sensational reports also said that she had packed and worn adult diapers for her trip. This is the big takeaway from the case. This is the biggest takeaway from the case that if you recall the case, you're like, oh, yeah, that lady. Yeah. This is the one that the late night guys were just like, Haha, okay. Yeah. They were all over it. It was so that she could travel nonstop, which was a practice that she was used to because of being in space. You wear, you wear diapers in space. I would be so good in space. I would hate wearing diapers. I'm just, I'm just going to pee on myself. But what about pooping? Oh, you poop yourself too? I'm not sure. No, she's not pooping. I'm not sure. You can't what just... If... <laughs> I'm sorry. What? You can't just poop yourself? You can't just poop yourself and sit in it and drive? I bet you that's like an astronaut training. Like, all right, you have to sit here and shit yourself while driving 100 miles per hour. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, it's got to be something. I mean, they're pooping in the cold in fucking Canada and like, all this other stuff. And if you're throwing up if you're from G-Force stuff, I'm sure something's going to slip out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You lose all control. She's like, I shat myself. It's fine. <laughs> Her lawyer would later deny this saying that there were kids' pampers in the trunk because the car belonged to her husband and they were left there from the year previous when they had evacuated for, I think it was Hurricane Rita. But her youngest were five by then. So, if your five-year-old is wearing diapers, then they're not going to grow up to be an astronaut. That's fair. I wore them till I was seven. <laughs> Your mom told me you wore them till you were nine. It's a lie. No, it's true. It's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> she arrived early to Cape Canaveral and checked into a motel paying cash. She had somehow found out that while Colleen was out of town, she would return Monday to Orlando International Airport at 1.05 p.m. I'm assuming that she knew Colleen was in Houston visiting William and mm. was due back at work on Monday and then likely looked up the flights that would have her back in time, blah, 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 blah. She's a smarty. Before leaving for Orlando, she had studied the Orlando International Airport website to learn Colleen's possible route from the terminal to a satellite parking lot where possibly her car would be parked. So she made a lot of assumptions that all turned out to be correct, which is great. Again, she is a smarty. She is. Focused on something, she's great. Yes. If she wants it, she'll get it. Except for this. Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) 
except for Bill. <laughs> Lisa was waiting for her. Colleen arrived on time, but her baggage did not. She was told it would, it would arrive on the, night, on the next flight at 3.15 p.m. So Colleen, at the time, was given a courtesy food and drink voucher and waited for her baggage, which I don't think airlines would do anymore. That's an old school move. That's a United move. Yeah. But then again, it is a United move that they lost the luggage to. Well, but it was, on, it was on the next one. Mm. It was only two hours. Mm. We should get to, to eat. Do. Yeah, we should get to, to eat. Mm. And also, I think about how Lisa must have been like so frustrated. Like, what the fuck is she doing getting Red Robin at the airport? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Is she going inside the outback? Why? <laughs> oh, oh, she's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> she's leaving. She's leaving. She's going to smoke a cigarette and she's coming back inside. <laughs> <laughs> she's still waiting. She's like, sit up on. I get it. I'm like, you're at the airport. You got to do it. She goes into like the $5 store. Uh-huh. <laughs> he says, just like, damn it. <laughs> Is that a magazine? <laughs> so. She finally grabs her baggage, and then Colleen makes her way uh, onto one of those shuttle buses to get to the long-term parking area. Mm-hmm. Colleen later testified that she be- that this is when she became aware that someone in glasses and a trench coat was following her when she was making her way to the blue lot. Once in the lot, she ran to her car, heard running footsteps behind her, but she made it to her car and locked the doors. I bet Liz was going. And then when she went faster, she went. We can hear you. What are you doing? Lisa appeared at Colleen's window, crying hysterically in a wig, by the way, and asking Colleen for a ride. Uh, and then when that didn't work, asked her to borrow her cell phone. Colleen, recognizing Lisa, cracked the window a few inches, and Lisa sprayed her with pepper spray through the crack. Wow. But Colleen managed to drive off and call the police from the parking lot booth. That did not happen to Zazzy Beats in the movie. <laughs> they were very kind. <laughs> they were very kind and they were like we're not going to do that sassy beats <laughs> sorry <laughs> the police arrived minutes later and Lisa was caught throwing a big uh, throwing a bag into a trash bin she was arrested and charged with attempted kidnapping battery attempted vehicle burglary with battery and destruction of evidence due to the trash bag I'm assuming right in her car they found some of the weapons they also found her love letter to William and copies of emails between William and Colleen. Printed out, huh? Printed out. That was the only way back then. Oh, uh, you gotta love it. Yeah. Gotta love the yachts. <laughs> I remember printing out some email mm-hmm. email stuff. Yeah. This is important. Important emails you had to keep in your binder. I'm gonna pin it on my wall. <laughs> One of the emails read, Lots of love coming your way and kisses... Wait, is this... Is this, I want to know if this is Bill or Colleen. One sec. Oh, yeah, this is Colleen. Lots of love coming your way and kisses and a great big giant hug with my legs around you. 
That was from January 8th. So they were like just barely broken up. It's poetry. Then Bill responded, You must really have me around your finger that I can't even function without you here. And with you here, I am a slightly smart I am slightly smarter than a slug. What? That I don't know. And if you look at Bill Wolflin, he is not John Hamm. I, I'm guessing all of these people are ghouls compared to their <laughs> Hollywood counterparts. Lisa looks like a normal lady. Uh-huh. And Colleen is, uh, well, she's not, uh, she is not a person of color as portrayed by Sazzy Beats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the movie, they had John Pam playing an Asian, too, so that was weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, this is offensive. Although the police recommended she be held without bail based on the weapons that showed that her attack was premeditated, bail was granted anyway, and she posted $32,000 for her release. I was just talking about this the other day, about, you know, saving money and having a decent amount of money in your in your pocket and just thinking, like, cool, you saved $30,000? Very awesome. Now you have to give it up. Yeah. Versus this dumb shit that you did. It's gone. Or if it's even worse, if it's not you, if it's like a relative. Oh. You got to get me out of jail. What? I can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't. I know you got it. I know you're good for the money. Yeah. No, you don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so fucked up. She was flown back to Houston, put on administrative leave, and removed from all space activities. Colleen filed for a restraining order against Lisa that same day, claiming that she knew her as an acquaintance of her boyfriend's, but did not name her boyfriend, and that she had known Lisa had been stalking her for two months. She also stated, oof, she also stated that the weekend prior, William had accidentally called her Lisa while they had sex. Oh no, no. William's a big fucking doof. He is slightly smarter than the slug. Like seriously, he's a fucking <laughs> idiot. He's like, that's crazy. <laughs> we, figure, we, we figure that John Hamm says, that's crazy. All the time. In every movie or every TV show. Yes. Like, watch it. I'm sure there's got, there's somebody's got to have a compilation of like, John Hamm saying this. This is, this is crazy. That's crazy. He's like, did you just call me Lisa? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> During sex. Oof. Yeah. Oof. The media frenzy started and people took to both sides. And I thought it was this was a really cute little article that I found in the archives. An Italian restaurant named Silvestro's raised money for Lisa's defense and was heavily heavily criticized for it. But the owner of Silvestro's was like, she came in once and she was super impressive and I liked her. That was, that's, that's, that was his thing. He's like, fuck, it's my fucking restaurant. What are you fucking going to do about it? I feel like that's all restaurant, restaurant owners. (laughs) Yeah. This guy killed five people. He comes in, he's a decent customer. He tips well. He's always nice. He calls me by my name. We're going to raise a fund for him. (laughs) Yeah. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) What's your fucking problem? (laughs) And you want some pizza or not? <laughs> a month after the attack, she was fired from Space Corp. And William was also dismissed. Good. Yeah. William should also be dismissed. Dirty Willie. Seriously. It's really, it's his fault. He's out there trifling. 
She's trifling too. But let's not forget that he trifled once, then twice, Three and then thrice. <laughs> yeah. Three times a lady, yeah. Absolutely. What? But never a gentleman. No. Not a gentleman. Mm-mm. Nary an officer. <laughs> Prior to the trial, her lawyer motioned for pieces of evidence, including statements Lisa had initially made to police, to be suppressed as evidence, on the basis that she had not been informed of her full rights. Then, on the first day of her trial, or of the hearings, I should say, Lisa asked the court, to give her permission to remove her ankle monitor, which she had been made to wear ever since she was released on bail. Mm. She complained it prevented her from completing exercises required of her as a Navy officer and that it was too expensive at $105 a week for the device. So just keep that in mind, folks. Whenever you get arrested and then you're put on probation or something, the government's not paying for your ankle monitor and the government's not paying for your polygraph tests. And the government is not paying for your counseling sessions. You are. Incidentally, Bloody Podcast makes our own ankle monitors. Have you gone wrong? Are you on the lam and you just got caught? Hey, man, we get it. We make ankle monitors. They're made out of polymer clay and resin. Exactly. (laughs) And they'll cost you only $49 a week. That's it? I'm ready to fucking get us clients, Maria. <laughs> These are works of art. Keep it down. You keep it down. <laughs> Kathleen. <laughs> Mark Kelly. Um, the state argued that she... The state was super catty about this. It was great. So she complains about her ankle monitor being too expensive. And so one of the assistant uh, prosecutors was like, you have a media consultant on the on the books right now. Fire her. And then then when she complained about not being able to do her proper exercises, and I mean literally exercises, um, the the attorney was just like, you can exercise just fine. (laughs) (laughs) The judge. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, Shipman's attorney, Colleen Shipman's attorney, argued that it made Colleen feel safe knowing that she had the knowing that Lisa had on an ankle ankle monitor. Mm-hmm. When Lisa's lawyer asked her if she was so scared of Lisa, then why did she come to the trial that day? Colleen said that she felt safe when she was at her boyfriend's who was also in Houston. So there. <laughs> Colleen's the only one who like didn't do anything wrong. She's got shitty taste in dudes. Uh, did she? I mean, I think it's like a little iffy because like it's like okay. So granted, Lisa and Bill always said that their relationship was not like a a a true relationship because obviously they were both having affairs mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, they're both shitty people, but when it comes to love, but I mean, Colleen must have known that this astronaut who looks like a fucking literally a piece of ham, um, (laughs) was trifling with, cause like she was like, he was like, he was probably like, oh yeah, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this other girl, but you know, it's not serious. So I'll just bring it, I'm going to break it off with her. And then like. You know, like Colleen, Colleen, 
is a naval officer. She's been through some shit, especially I feel like with men. So with her, to her to be like, okay, I'll just wait. Like it's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. But she didn't do anything wrong. She didn't do. I don't know. He's dumb. I think that you're feeling sympathetic because you're imagining Zazzy Beats. No, no, no. I'm not imagining Zazzy Beats. <laughs> no, I guess she. I guess you're Zazzy right. Beats is fine. I mean, fucking shit. I guess you're right. I guess she only had shitty taste in men. Yeah. But that's enough of a blame because I'm telling you, like, William Ophelian, Ophelian or whatever, he looks like, I can't, I don't know. He looks like bacon that's been run over. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. An officer uh, testified that at the scene, he found three dirty diapers in Ew. Lisa's car upon initial search. Pee pee or poo poo? <laughs> he didn't say. Uh, I would totally specify. And that Lisa had told him she had used them to be able to drive nonstop from Houston to Cocoa Beach. She probably pooped. She probably pooped. <laughs> Ew. It's a 900-mile trip. Yeah, so. that's some poop in there. Uh, or maybe she didn't eat. Like, she only drank stuff? Ugh, throw it out of the car. God, what's wrong with you? She is an astronaut, okay? She respects the planet. She's not going to litter pampers. The poop, it's biodegradable. I don't think most pampers are not biodegradable. Step it up, pampers. (laughs) (laughs) After the first day of hearings, Lisa gave Colleen a public apology, stating to the media, The past six months have been very difficult for me, my family, and others close to me. I know that it must have also been very hard for Colleen Shipman, and I would like her to know how very sorry I am about having frightened her in any way and the subsequent public harassment that has besieged all of us. Unfortunately for Lisa, Colleen had left hours before the statement was made. She probably got super annoyed at her lawyer and was like, I'm going to go have sex with my boyfriend now. <laughs> Bye. Uh, Lisa's defense claimed she only wanted to talk to and scare Colleen a little. She had no intention of actually hurting her. Well, what about the fucking spray? Well, that's what the prosecution there is for. (laughs) (laughs) After the hearings, Lisa pled not guilty due to reason of insanity. Her lawyers presented evidence that she had obsessive-compulsive disorder, insomnia, and depression. And they pointed out major flaws with the prosecution. Firstly, that she had not been properly informed of her rights prior to the police searching her car and interviewing her. The police interview that she initially gave became inadmissible in court because of it. Secondly, it was noted that Lisa had every reason to hide any distress she was in, since astronauts have to be in top mental and physical shape at all times or risk being let go. I could never be an astronaut. Never. I could never do it. Be like, you okay? Well, somebody gave me change this morning. I don't like the way they put it in my hand. It made me really <laughs> self-conscious about all the choices I've made thus far. 
he is no astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine would be. I think you know it would be mental too. They'd be like, okay, so you have to learn like this this programming and this software and this. And like, you know what? This is too much. Like I, I think I just need to take a walk for a little bit. <laughs> Is that room where I can meditate? <laughs> she is no astronaut. <laughs> in the space cro- in the space program, there had not been any mental health evaluations for Lisa since her initial evaluations when being admitted to the program in 1996. Wow! So over ten years ago. Long time. Mm-hmm. Lisa ended up accepting a plea agreement and she pled guilty to burglary and misdemeanor battery. The judge, taking into account that it was her first offense, gave her one year of probation, community service, and told her to write Colleen an apology. <laughs> Which is like, okay, well, I mean, it's, kind of it's not like Colleen's not going to read it. <laughs> or she's going to read it. After her case... The space program implemented annual mental evaluations for all of its members. So yay. Okay, great. Bill and Noak were the first astronauts to have ever been dismissed by NASA. Wow. Yeah. Which went on which caused them to then go on to write a code of con- a code of conduct for the NASA Astronaut Corps following their termination. No fucking in 2008, Colleen and William retired from the military, moved to Alaska together, and had a son and got married. Weird. Wow, she really stuck with it. She was fucking with it. I don't get it. In 2011, Lisa managed to have her court record sealed. Also in 2011, sadly, the military gave her a dishonorable discharge and demoted her from captain to commander. Lisa now works in the private sector in Texas. Colleen and William are still married, and she works as a literary agent and is a published young adult novelist and Irish dance enthusiast. A literary agent? Yeah. In Alaska. What? Yeah. That's a weird, that's weird. She had, she has had a very prolific career, Colleen, as well. Hmm. She went from being a naval officer, a naval officer, you know, and all that cool stuff. And then she decided to turn back to her creative uh, inspirations. Very cool. So that's great. Hmm. Good for Colleen. She seems pretty cool. Sorry about what I said earlier. (laughs) I still don't get it when it comes to Bill. Yeah. He looks like rotten carnitas. <laughs> He's a ghoul in the streets, but a magician in the sheets. I guess that must be it. Yeah, so. And that's the story. Ooh, I'm looking at a picture of him. He does look like... Yeah, no, it's not great. Run over bacon. Raw yeah. bacon. Um. <laughs> it's not a good photo. They all look pretty normal. They all look pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fucking awesome. That's the story of Lisa Nowak. Lisa in the sky. With diamonds. And diapers. And with Lisa in the sky with diapers. 
seriously, folks, Lisa had a very prolific career, and I think she was stripped of a lot of it. Uh, I don't think she, personally, I don't think she should have been demoted. But then again, I understand that there needs to be consequences for your actions. Yeah. Uh, and I guess being demoted from captain to commander is understandable. But I also believe that a dishonorable discharge makes you ineligible for your VA benefits. Now, somebody out there, correct me if I'm wrong. It's true. It's true, right? It's true. It does. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, if she should try to kill another person, it's like, yeah, you should be dishonorably discharged. You think so? Sure. <laughs> Trying to kill someone? But doesn't the Navy teach you to kill? Ah, ha! <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Conflicting conflicting thoughts here. I mean, you get a good point. Smash the system. Thank you so guys. Thank you so guys. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. <laughs> we'll be back next week with another case. We love you. We love you so much. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> and if you're listening to this in 2022 before the month of May, check Kasha and I out. Check us out. Check us out on May 14th at the Pack Theater in Hollywood, California, with our new sketch team, Tantrum. 9 p.m. Saturday, May 14th. Check 9 it out. Go. Check it out. <laughs> Go to packtheater.com for tickets.